Hello, my kinderlach. I'd like to share with you a story that shows how important it is to do a mitzvah with simcha, with joy. You know, you can do a mitzvah because your tati tells you you have to do it, because your rebbe tells you you have to do it, or because your mora says you have to do it, your mommy says, this one says, but you're not doing it because you really enjoy it. But it's special to do a mitzvah with simcha, where you're excited about it, because when you do a mitzvah, you are connecting with Hashem. You're doing what Hashem wants. So this story is about Chassam Seifer. Chassam Seifer was a very famous goan and tzaddik. And the story was actually written by his grandson, who remembered the story himself. The Chassam Seifer was one sitting late at night learning with some of his students some difficult Gemara they were learning and thinking and asking questions and answering answers and arguing over the Gemara. They were learning really, really well. It was already in the middle of the night and they hear a knock on the door. One of the Talmidim, one of the students, went over to the door and opened up and there, in a cold winter night, in the middle of the night, was standing by the door the Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim was the head of the community. He was the president of the community of Preshburg. Preshburg is the city where the Chassam Seifi was the Rav. Reb Chaim was a very rich man. He would give a lot of tzedakah to a lot of people, to a lot of poor people. He would give money to the yeshiva and to the shul, and he everybody loved Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim was standing so late at night by the entrance of the Chassam Sefer's house, and Chassam Sefer rushed over to see what's going on. Why is he coming out so late at night to talk to the Rav, to the Chassam Sefer? So Sefer asked Reb Chaim, what's the matter? You don't look good. You look like very sad. Reb Chaim started crying. And he saw that the Chassam Sefer, Rebbe, you don't know what's going on. <clears throat> I just lost all my money. I had put all my money in a business, and the business was totally destroyed. I lost everything. I'm now a poor man. I don't have a penny. All my money is gone. And he cried and cried. He says, Rebbe, what am I going to do about all the promises I made to give money to this person, to that family? It was poor, and to this family, a widow, the husband had died, and she doesn't have any income, and I promised to give the money. Now I can't give any money to anyone. You know, it'd be so embarrassing to the whole community that I, the very famous rich Reb Chaim, that everybody loves so much, now doesn't have any money. He used to go begging from door to door like a poor man and ask for money so he can feed his family. That's so embarrassing. The Chassam Sefer said to him, Reb Chaim, listen, I have an idea for you. Wait here, I'm coming right back. Chassam Sefer went quickly to his room, opened up a drawer and took out some money and ran over to Reb Chaim and said, Reb Chaim, here is 10,000 gulden. Gulden is like dollars. In Europe, they had gulden instead of dollars. He used 10,000 gulden. This was a lot of money. And I want you to take that money 
and take the first train in the morning and go to the city of Leipzig. Leipzig was a place, a city in Germany, where a lot of people would come there every single day from all over Europe, from every country, and buy stuff and sell stuff. Everybody who had anything to sell and buy would come to Leipzig. If you had a lot of horses, you wanted to sell some of your horses, you came to Leipzig. And there people would come and who wanted to buy horses, they would buy the horses from you. If you had a lot of jackets and a lot of suits and a lot of dresses, you wanted to sell them, then you would come to Leipzig. And people who wanted to buy your dresses, they would buy it from you. People would buy and sell a lot of stuff in Leipzig. Leipzig was a very famous place where everybody came to buy or to sell whatever things they had. One of the things people would buy and sell is coffee. Do you know coffee? You bring co- you know coffee new today. We get coffee in every store, but in those days, hundreds of years ago, people couldn't buy coffee just in a store. You had to buy coffee from someone who brought the coffee over from far away. They would bring coffee from some other country overseas. You had to travel over the ocean to get coffee because the coffee that we drink is grounded up from beans. There's a kind of bean called a coffee bean, and they grow in countries far away from Europe. They come on ships, on big ships, and it takes them months and months to come over to Europe. So people would buy a full ship of coffee. That means enough coffee for like thousands of people to drink. And then they would sell it to different stores. That was a big business. People cost a lot of money. So our friend Reb Chaim came to Leipzig the next day. He took the money that the Chassam Sefer gave him. He gave it to him as a loan. He said, you know, I'm lending it to you. And I trust that Hashem will give you Hatzlacha. You'll be successful. And buy, he said to him, the first thing if somebody asks you you want to buy something the first thing somebody asks you to buy buy it don't wait just buy the first thing and so Reb Chaim came to Leipzig and as he's walking down the street he meets an old friend who didn't know that Reb Chaim lost all his money he says Reb Chaim oh I've got a deal for you I want you to buy a ship full of coffee it's not here yet. It's on. It's in the ocean. It's in the sea. Still traveling, but I own all the coffee, and I'm selling it to you. So when it comes to the shores of Europe, you will own the coffee, and you'll be able to sell it to all the stores. Abraham didn't hesitate. Didn't think for a moment that some safer said to him to buy the coffee. Anything somebody offers you to buy, buy it right away. So he said, "How much does the coffee cost?" He says, ten thousand gulden." And the Abraham says. 10,000 gulden? Wow, that's exactly what I have in my pocket. Some say they gave him exactly 10,000 gulden. So he pulls out the 10,000 gulden, gives it to this man, and the guy signs a contract, a piece of paper. I'm selling you all the coffee that's coming here next week. Next week it's supposed to arrive on the ship. This is going to be your coffee. And then you can sell it and make a profit and make extra money. And so the prime waited and something happened. You understand there are other people also who buy coffee. So there are a number of ships that come in from far away, right, from countries far away overseas, and they're also bringing coffee. And of course, 
the number of ships are bringing coffee, that makes the price of coffee lower because since there's a lot of coffee available, a lot of people can buy it. So then people are not paying that much for it. But what happened here is to Reb Chaim, that the other ships that had coffee on them and they were bringing them to Europe, to Leipzig, for other people to sell, they all drowned. There was wind and storms and the coffee went down into the ocean and never, never came to Europe. The only ship that made it to Europe was the ship that Reb Chaim bought. And because he was the only ship with coffee that came to Europe, everybody wanted to buy coffee, but there wasn't enough coffee because there was only one ship that came with coffee. So the price of coffee kept going up and up and up and up. And Reb Chaim was able to sell his coffee for so much money. He made back all the money that he lost in Preshburg back at home. And even more, he made even extra money, extra profit. And so Reb Chaim, um, next day, quickly took a train and went home, back home. And he also arrived late at night. And he went straight to Chassam Sefer's house. But before he went to Chassam Sefer's house, and before he left Leipzig, before he took the train, he decided to go to a jewelry store. And he thought, because the Chassam Sefer was so nice to him and saved him, he helped him. Because he lost all his money, and now he made all his money back. I'm going to buy some Sefer a present. I'm going to buy for his wife. Some Sefer should be able to give to his wife a nice present. He bought a beautiful ring with a diamond. Very expensive. And he put it in his pocket, and took the train back to Pressburg, came there late at night, knocked again on the door, and this time when the Talmud opened the door, they saw Reb Chaim smiling, happy, and Reb Sefer came running to the door and said, Reb Chaim, how did it go? What happened? Reb Chaim says, thank you, thank Hashem. I made all my money back, and I made all the money, and I made even more than that. I made more profit. I made extra money. And the Sefer calls him in, calls him in. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, so nice to see. And here, he says, here's the 10,000 gulden that you, you, you loaned me. I, I Thank you, I used it, and now I made the money back. I can give, pay you back the, the loan that you gave me. And then he says to the Chassam Sefer, and Rebbe, I, I bought you a little present because you were so nice to me. You gave me a loan of 10,000 gulden. <clears throat> Here, I have a diamond ring. Maybe you want to give it to your wife, to the Rebetzin. She should have a nice diamond ring. And Chassam Sefer sits down, says to Reb Chaim, okay, show me the diamond ring. And he takes out the diamond ring from the box. And he looks at it, and he looks at it and says, wow, this is so beautiful, this is so amazing. Wow, what a beautiful diamond. Wow, my wife, the Rebetzin, she's going to love this diamond. And Reb Chaim is very happy. The Chassam Sefer, the Rav, actually likes the diamond. He likes the diamond ring. Oh, I bought a good present for him. But then the Chassam Sefer says to Reb Chaim, very seriously, Reb Chaim, did you forget that we Jews have a mitzvah in the Torah that says you're not allowed to take ribis. You know what ribis is? When somebody gives somebody a loan and you're not allowed to take more money back, you're supposed to give him a loan and not take anything extra back. 
if I give somebody $1,000 as a loan for a week, and I said, in a week, you give it back to me. Now I'll have to take back $1,000 plus another $10. You're supposed to only take what you loaned him. You're not supposed to take extra money saying, oh, because you loaned me that money, I'll give you a little extra as a, as a present. You're not allowed to do that. That's called ribis. We're not allowed. It's an Aveira. The Chumsefer says to this Jew, to Reb Chaim, you can't give me that ring because you paid me back the 10,000 gulden, but now you give me also a ring. That would be a ribis. It's a big Aveira in the Torah. So Reb Chaim says, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Okay, so I'll take back the ring. And she thanks the Chassam Sefer, and he leaves the house, he goes home happily. The Talmidim of the Chassam Sefer were watching everything, and they couldn't believe their eyes. And they went over to the Rebbe, the Chassam Sefer, and asked him, Rebbe, why did you first show him how much you liked the diamond? You made it sound, you made him so happy that you really liked the present. You liked the present he bought you, and you were so excited about it. And then you said, No. I can't take it because it's ribis. Why didn't you tell him right away? It's ribis. I'm sorry, I can't take it. First, you, you made it sound like you, you really <coughs> like it and you want to take it and, and, and you got him all excited. And then you told him you can't take it. Why did you do that? Some Savior says, I'll tell you why I did this. Because I learned from my Rebbe how important it is to do a mitzvah with simcha. Because I wanted to show simcha that I can do the mitzvah all the way with the greatest simcha. That's why I did this. I wanted to first see how beautiful the diamond is and still do it because Hashem said not to do it. That's why I'm not going to do it. Not because I don't like the diamond. I like the diamond. But I'm still not going to take it because Hashem said so. And to me, that's the greatest simcha to do the mitzvah the right way. And he says, I learned this from my Rebbe. And this is the story. My, I was a little boy. I had a very famous Rebbe. His name was Reb Nassen Adler. Reb Nassen Adler was a big tzaddik. Reb Nassen Adler lived in Frankfurt. Frankfurt was a city in Germany, a famous city. The Chassam Sefer, when he was a little boy, um, was living in the house of Reb Nassen Adler. Literally lived in the same house together. And he would learn day and night with the Reb Nassen Adler because the Chassam Sefer, when he was a little boy, Already learned day and night. He was, everybody saw that Chassam Sefer was going to be one day a great go and a great Talmud Chacham, a tzaddik, as he became one of the greatest Go'inim of his time. But as a little boy, Reb Nosnadler took him into his house and he gave him food and everything and they learned together for many, many hours. He says, one time, he says, it was Matzah Shabbos, it was late at night, it was a blizzard, snow outside, it was winter, it was freezing, and there's a knock on the door, and uh, my Rebbe, Reb Nadler, was already old, opened the door, and there there were two men with fur coats, snow, covered with snow, and big fur hats, and boots, and they're coming in, and they said, Rebbe, please, we need you to come with us. We live in a small village near Frankfurt. <coughs> it's only like maybe 15 kilometers from here, but because it's a snow, there's two feet of snow, we brought a wagon that without wheels, it's a wagon with sleds. So we have two horses and a wagon with sleds, and we're going to go now because I'll tell you what happened. 
the mayor of our town made a new law against the Jews. The Jews have to pay a lot of taxes. It's going to make a lot of families very poor. And we know that our mayor loves you. He thinks that you are such a great chacham. And he always talks about you. We think if you come with us to now, we'll arrive early in the morning in the village, and then you'll be able to tell the mayor that you don't want him to do this, and he'll listen to you because he likes you. If you don't come now, and it'll be too late because tomorrow morning he's already signing the law. He makes a sign, and once he signs the law, it's too late. I need you to come early before he signs the law so that you can tell him not to do it. And Reb Nosen Adler said, Oi, it's so freezing cold. It's two feet of snow. Uh, oh my he says, he says, I was a little boy. He was like maybe uh, 10 or 11. You come with me. We'll go together. And they put on their fur coats and their boots. And they go into the wagon with the sled and the two men and the wagon driver. There was a, goy, a wagon driver who was whipping the horses. And they started moving slowly through the night. And they went outside the city. It was dark. And it was middle of like one o'clock in the morning, really late, late at night. And the, the horses went very slow because there was a lot of snow on the road. It was freezing cold. And the Rebnos Nadler and the Hassam Sefer are sitting in the back, you know, warring themselves with their, with their coats, trying to stay warm. And they were learning. They were talking in Teira. And they were talking Teira. They were talking so so deeply with the Torah, they were learning and arguing over the Gemara and, the, and this Sefer and that Sefer. And the learning made them very warm, right? When you get all excited about the arguments of the Gemara and the Sfarim and the Mepharshim and Rashi and Teisvis and the Rambam, and they became all excited and they got all... It was very good because it made them warm. So just a few hours went by and suddenly the wagon stops. So uh, the Chabnosan Adler and the Chabnosan asked the people in the front, why did the horses stop? So they said, listen, one horse died. So we need to go get another animal, another horse, to replace the horse. So you can, otherwise they can't, one horse can't pull the whole wagon with so many people. So they said, okay, we got to wait. So the wagon driver was a peasant um, a guy, he went, he said, I'm, I'm going to go find a farm where they can sell me an animal and, I will, uh, and, and we'll, I'll tie it and then we'll be able to go on away. So he disappears, he went away, it's in the dark, in the middle of the dark, in the middle of the night. Some Sefer Mnosen Adler are, are, are learning and learning, they're excited, they're forgetting about everything, they, they, they don't even know what's going on. And then suddenly, the guy came back, it was dark, they couldn't see exactly what he was doing. He came, but they saw he brought an animal back. And finally, after a couple of hours, he brought an animal and he tied it to the wagon. But then at that moment, suddenly the Chassam Sefer sees that his Rebbe, who had taken off his boots in the meantime, because it was getting a little warm in his boots, he jumps out of the wagon into the snow with his socks. And he says, Rebbe, what are you doing? You're jumping with your socks in the snow. You're going to freeze. Your feet are going to freeze. And the Rebbe Nostalik can't speak. He's so excited. He says, he's pointing with his finger to the Chassam Sefer. He should look to the front. Look to the front. Look to the front. And Chassam Sefer looks in the front and he sees that the Goy brought a bull. 
a bull, an ox, instead of a horse. He couldn't find a horse, so he asked the farmer to sell him an ox. So he said, okay, I'll have a, a horse and an ox. Who says it has to be two horses? It can be a horse and an ox, and together they'll pull the wagon. But you know what the Torah says. A Jew is not allowed to have a wagon drawn by two different types of animals. You can have an ox and a horse together pull the same wagon. This is against the Torah. So Reb Nosen Adler pointed that we can't go on. We're not allowed to sit in the wagon. We're not allowed to have the, the animals pull the wagon because it's an Avera. So the two people in the front said to the wagon driver, no, 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 you can't do this. you got to bring a horse. This is a, we're, we're Jewish. We're not allowed to do this. So the, the guy said, oh, I didn't know. So I'll go back and find a horse. Eventually he found a horse. But the Chazam Sefer asked his Rebbe, Reb Nosen Adler, why did you dance? You saw that the guy brought back an ox instead of a horse, and tied it to the wagon together next to the horse. You jumped out of the wagon and started dancing with your socks. You seemed to be like so excited. Why? And Reb Nadler said to his student, to his Talmud, the Chassam Sofi, he says, you know what? The Torah gave us a mitzvah, not to tie two species of animals to the same wagon. Now when in my lifetime would I ever had a chance to fulfill this mitzvah? Never have imagined that Hashem will make, give me a time when I can do this mitzvah. Now Hashem gave me an opportunity. Gave me this chos that this guy tied an ox to the wagon next to the horse. So now I could do the mitzvah and not go into the wagon, get out of the wagon and fulfill this mitzvah. I was so excited that I had a chance to fulfill a mitzvah that I never imagined I would get to do. And so, Chazam Sefer said to Talmidim, I also. I'm not a businessman. I don't give loans to people. I'm a rov. I teach Torah. I pass in halachas. I tell people what the halacha is, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. But business people, they give loans and they, you know, they create contracts, they do business. So the mitzvah not to take ribbies is not a mitzvah I expected ever to do. Why? Because I'm not in the world of business. I don't do business. I'm a love. I'm a love. Here Hashem gave me an opportunity not to take ribis. Reb Chaim came, paid me back the 10,000 gulden that I loaned him, and he also added a diamond ring. And I said to myself, wow, Hashem is giving me this chus to do this special mitzvah, not to take ribis. But I wanted to make sure that I do the mitzvah right. First of all, if you don't like, let's say somebody doesn't like eating pork, and you're not eating pork, are you doing a mitzvah? No. You do the mitzvah of not eating pork when you like it and you don't do it. Right? Let's say somebody likes to steal, and you don't steal, then you do a big mitzvah. But if you don't like stealing, then you're not doing a mitzvah by not stealing. You're just not doing an avera because you're not stealing. But you're not doing a mitzvah. The, the Gemara teaches us that if you want to do an Avera and you don't do it because Hashem said not to do it, that's like doing a mitzvah. Because you're, you're held back, right? And you forced yourself not to do it. You didn't listen to your Yitzhah and you didn't do the Avera then, like you did a great mitzvah. So I'm here too. I wanted to be sure that I like this diamond ring. So I looked at it and I said, wow, this is so amazing. It's so beautiful. So of course, I said, I, I wish I had it. 
But Hashem said, no, you can't take ribis. And then I gave it to Reb Chaim back. Reb Chaim, here, take it back. And I was so excited I could do the mitzvah of not taking ribis. And that's the story.